Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church of Imperial Valley. We would love to help you plan your visit, so we encourage you to visit our website at www.cccciv.org for service times and our events calendar. Or get the app. You'll find the Christ Community Church IV mobile app in your app store for Apple or Android devices. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, as we continue in this series on the Holy Spirit, knowing the Holy Spirit. And I'd just like to pray before we read the passage and get into it this morning, as I think we need the work of the Holy Spirit, right? Let's bow our hearts. Lord, I thank you. Once again, for my salvation. May we never forget where we've come from. May we never forget what you've delivered us from. And Lord, this morning we renounce evil, shameful, wicked, dark deeds in the name of Jesus. I pray that each person here would even examine their own hearts this morning. For we have forgotten how to do that, Lord. We have forgotten the importance of looking at our own hearts as we have judged the world in so many different ways, but we've forgotten to point the finger at our own hearts. And there's people here this morning, Lord, that need to do that. We don't want to roll through life and miss your presence. We don't want to roll through life and just have a form of godliness, but denying the power within. We don't want to roll through life, Lord, and having a a form of religion. Trying to obey the rules in Scripture, but missing your presence and missing what your vision is for our lives. We don't want to roll out of church this morning, Lord, and forget what we heard. We don't want to roll out of church and forget what we sang and what we prayed. Lord, life is so fast. Life is so quick. And as life goes on, we seem to be in such a hurry so often. That we forget who you are. We forget to reflect on your glory, Lord. We forget what this is all about. We dumb it down to things like you'll put our man in office. We dumb it down to things like you'll give us the material things we've asked for. We dumb it down to just our life being happy. And Lord, it is much more than that. It is about you, not us. Yes. 
about what you want to do in each and every heart here this morning, Lord. It is about what your spirit wants to quicken in our hearts. And Lord, I can be as guilty as anyone of this. I can roll through ministry and I can do good things. And yet I could miss your presence, Lord. And I don't want that, Lord. I want you. I want you. Satan is a liar. He is the father of lies. He is filled with deception. He cannot tell the truth. And he tries constantly and continually and persistently to lie to your people, Lord. And your truth is the only thing that can declare what is right. What is that narrow path? Oh God, forgive us this morning. This does not diminish your love for us. We don't demean your love to something like giving us a license to do what we want and to get another ice cream cone. Your love fuels our hearts, Lord. Your love inspires our desire to bend to you, to bend to you, to bow to you. To bless you, Lord. We pray so often, Lord, bless us. When you have, you have blessed us to the point of overflowing, Lord. We can't even count the blessings today. We cannot even count them. We don't have enough storehouses for the blessings, Lord, that you have given us. And may our prayer this morning not be that you bless us, but we bless you. We bless you. Draw a border around this church this morning, Lord. Raise up a hedge of protection. I pray against the evil one and anything of his entourage that would try and steal the seed of your word this morning. I pray against the powers of darkness that would mislead your people, that would bring them further and further into the dark side, Lord. I pray that you would blow those clouds out of their hearts this morning. And Lord, that there would be a fresh wind of your spirit blow through this place like never before. I pray against every resisting heart this morning. I pray against anyone who would throw up a shield against your word. I pray for that person, Lord, who has made themselves out to be God and as if that you would bow to their dictates, Lord. I pray against that deception, that self-deception that would be there. Lord, I pray for myself. I pray for myself this morning, Lord. I pray, Lord, that I would speak what you want me to speak. 
I pray against any fear or intimidation that would even lead me astray, Lord, this morning. God, I want to stand at this pulpit and I want to honor you. I don't want glory, Lord. I don't want men to pat me on the back, Lord. I want to point people to you, Jesus. God, the times I've quenched your spirit in my own life, the times where I became prideful and actually thought it was my gift, When it's you, Lord, you've gifted us. Those times, Lord, where where I would be under self-deception, thinking that I can actually accomplish something in the light of eternity, Lord, in my own strength. I pray against that. I confess that this morning, Lord. There's no hiddenness here, Lord. I want to be transparent before your people as their pastor, Lord. I would say, Lord, remove every fig leaf in my life. Forgive us, Lord, today. Forgive us. Forgive us of the self-righteousness of the Pharisees that would cause us to do the right things for the wrong reason. Forgive us for the sins of the scribes that would cause us to dissect your word and not allow it to penetrate our hearts, Lord. Oh, forgive us, Jesus. There's nothing in this world that compares to you, Jesus. You are the precious one. You are the one to be desired. You are our great reward, Lord. You are our great reward. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. No, no, don't. Let's... Let's just, for a moment, please, for a moment that we would hear the word of the Lord. For a moment, we would hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing wrong with silence, friends. We live in a world where people aren't silent anymore. They don't know what it means to be in solitude with Jesus. In fact, some people can't even sleep without a fan running because we're so indifferent towards silence. First Corinthians 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren and sisters, I do not want you to be ignorant. Please take note of that. 
Concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. So many people are ignorant of this passage this morning. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts. I want you to take note of this because this is something people read over flippantly and they don't see what I believe is evident here in verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. That's Jesus. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. That's the Father. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. This is a controversial passage. If you've been around Christianity for any time at all, you know that there are huge controversies swirling around this passage of Scripture that I've read to you this morning. There's great divisions taking place in the body of Christ concerning this passage of Scripture. And some people are even scared of the word charismatic. Charismatic is not a nasty word. Charismatic is a biblical word. If you look at verse 4, it says there are diversities of gifts. Do you see that word gifts there? That is the word, Greek word, charis. And if you take ma and put it on the end of charis, charis meaning grace, charis, grace, and ma meaning gift. These are grace gifts from God. That's where charismatic comes from. It's not a nasty word. It is a biblical word. And people just shy away from that. These are grace gifts we're talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, I read to you earlier, I talked about the Spirit, I talked about Jesus, I talked about the Father. There's three major lists of gifts in the Bible. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians chapter 4. And I believe each member of the Godhead is responsible for giving those gifts. Some theologians divide them into three categories. The ones in Romans 12 are motivational gifts. This is how God has wired somebody. This is a gift that really rises to the above all of anything else that you possess. This is what you live for. This is your passion. The Father gives that. He wires people a certain way. Ephesians chapter 4, the gifts from the Lord. Jesus himself, he gifts the body with some being apostles, some being prophets, some being evangelists, some being pastors, teachers. 
And then what we're dealing with here in 1 Corinthians 12, those would be the ministerial gifts, by the way. So you got the motivational gifts, Romans 12. You got the ministerial gifts in Ephesians chapter 4. And you've got the manifestation gifts here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Look at verse 7. It says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. The root of manifestation means to shine on, to appear, to be seen. In other words, the the Holy Spirit makes His presence known by the exercising of these gifts. There are spontaneous manifestations in the body of Christ that indicate the presence of the Lord working in a special way. And these gifts, by the way, are for the profit of all, as verse 7 says. So you need to note that, that when these gifts are manifested, it's for the building up of the body of Christ. Holy Spirit gives gifts and he blesses the body. It benefits the body. He builds up the body of Christ through these gifts. Now look at verse 11. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. It is up to the Holy Spirit who he gifts, how he gifts them, and when they're manifested. That's important to understand. And so as we jump into these nine gifts, these nine gifts that are listed here that I read to you earlier, we're going to divide them into three categories. And let me just throw this out there. There's, there's two groups of people that do damage, I think, to this passage of Scripture. One is what's called the group known as cessationists. Cessationists believe that these gifts don't exist for today, and they take 1 Corinthians 13, and they actually say that these gifts are going to cease when the perfect has come. They interpret the perfect as the canon of Scripture. The perfect to come is Jesus Christ, the culmination of his kingdom. That's when they will cease. That's what you need to understand today. So there, hey, if you're a cessationist here today, we do not believe that this is a point of contention. We, you, you hold to your convictions, even though they're wrong, you still hold to your convictions there. Okay, so there's cessationists, but there's also extremists. There's extremists that take these gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 and they just abuse them to the hill. There are these, generally these name it and claim it healers that tell you to send in money and you will be healed. They're all over the place on television. You can find them abundantly in the body of Christ. I think both groups are wrong and both groups actually do damage to the body of Christ. The cessationists, even though they may not believe these gifts exist, where the damage comes from, I believe they come against those who believe in the gifts for today too hard and too strong. And they're the ones that cause the most division in the body of Christ. The extremists, they could never win the cessationists because they abuse the gifts and many times it just looks like a three-ring circus taking place and everything's out of control. I think in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, at the very end of this whole discussion, 12, 13, and 14 on the gifts of the Spirit, Paul winds up in verse 40. The Apostle Paul says, let all things be done decently and in order. And there is definitely a lack of order for those who exercise these gifts of the Spirit today. So these nine gifts that we're going to talk about, I'm going to divide them into three groups. This isn't uncommon to do, but the first group I'm going to bring to your attention is the revelation gifts. 
And some call them the discerning gifts. These gifts give supernatural revelation to the people in the church. When the Spirit of God is manifested, there's special revelation that is given to God's people through these gifts. And the first one is the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom. This is a supernatural answer to a particular life situation. This could be a huge problem that somebody's facing in their life and they just don't see a solution for it whatsoever. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit gives them this word of wisdom that brings solution to the problem. Now I think this is manifested quite often in the body of Christ. There's one example in my own life. There was a time when we had a Christian school here. And the school was taking a great deal of finances. Then the earthquake hit and we were trying to solve the issue of finances and everything else. And, and really there was no solution on the table for the elders, including myself. And then one time the Lord woke me up at about two in the morning and I began to pray. And I wasn't even praying about what to do with the school. I wasn't even praying about finances at that time. How many have ever been woken up by the Lord before in the middle of the night? A few of you have, huh? Some of you, when you're woken up by the Lord, you just turn over and you start to go back to sleep again. But I want to encourage you this morning that you should be responding to those times when the Lord wakes you up. If you've never prayed at 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, it is so still at those times. Like the psalmist said, I will rise early in the morning and seek your face. There's something about praying early in the morning where you really distinctly hear God's voice that as the day goes on, as things begin to, to roll, how many of you have promised to pray to the Lord, but you never get around to it, even by bedtime? You're like, man, I just never got around to it, and you feel a little bit guilty. Let me encourage you. God can speak some of the greatest things to your heart if you begin to respond at those times in the morning. And the Lord did that to me. He's done that to me a number of times throughout my ministry with him. And he woke me up one time, it was about two in the morning, and I began to pray. I wasn't praying about finances, and I wasn't praying about what to do with our Christian school. I was just praying, and I was seeking the Lord, and I was praying. Some of my prayer time is in tongues, and I'm just praying, and I'm seeking the Lord, and, and, and all of a sudden, as clear as a bell, he speaks to my heart, and he says, stop the school. Stop the school. We... We put sweat and blood in that for years. We, we're, we're up through high school. We've, this ministry is rolling. There's a number. There's over 100 students enrolled in it. And the Lord specifically told me to stop the school. And I called an emergency elders meeting that, that next day. I said, we need to meet. And I don't remember if it was that day we met, but it was right, right after that. And we got together and I said, the Lord told me that we need to stop the school. And we did. And had we not done it, we would have been in big trouble financially. Now, some businessmen here know what I'm talking about. If you've got your own business and there's been you know, problems that you face that seemed impossible and you just did not have a solution, and you're one of those guys who seeks the Lord, you know that God has given you this supernatural wisdom at times, and you don't even know where it came from. You don't even know where it came from. It happens in counseling sessions sometimes when you're counseling with somebody and you just don't have it in you. And I, and I found myself in this position as a pastor. We do counseling and I've had married couples sit across the desk and all of a sudden, man, there's just no breaking through and I have no answer. 
And then all of a sudden, the Lord gives me this answer and, and I, I bring it to the table right in the middle of the, the counseling session. They're like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. And then they walk out of the office later and you pat yourself on the back. No, you don't do that. But it, how many have ever had that happen before? You didn't have it in you. And you say, man, that was totally God. Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. Christ Community Church has campuses in El Centro, Calexico, and Brawley with services in English and in Spanish. Your kids are going to love our kids' church. Plus, we have a lively youth ministry and young adults group. You're welcome to call the church office at 760-337-9400 with your questions. Or leave us a message on the Christ Community Church IV mobile app, the cccivy.org website, or direct message us on social media. We are really looking forward to meeting you. So again, the website is www.cccivy.org or call 760-337-9400 so we can plan your visit.